Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to another episode of Bucko Booth. My name is Benson Fetcher, and I'll be the host of your show this evening. And hey, it's our, it's our first uh, evening show here on Bucko Booth, so I guess we have a little primetime action for you on this Saturday night. Thank you all for tuning in. Um, well, just to start it off, uh, it's it's weird because you know the pirate season ended back in uh, late. September, but we had the surprise Saguaros in the Arizona Fall League. And their season came to an end this past uh, Thursday, this past Thursday, when they finished off their campaign going 11-19, and worst team in the Arizona Fall League. Um, to be blunt, it was a terrible season for the team, but there were many bright spots for Pirates fans to get excited about, and that's, that's really what the Arizona Fall League is all about. It would have been nice, you know, if the team was able to go on a run and, you know, win the AFL championship, which I just want to congratulate the Peoria Javelinas on winning that today. But, hey, we still have weekly awards, so let's get right to that. Uh, Player of the week goes to Will Craig, a 500 average, uh, 7 for 14, two home runs, and nine RBIs. What can I say about Will Craig that I haven't said before? He has just proved... I don't really know how to phrase it, but he has been outstanding. Outstanding. He had a rough first half, but the second half, man, what was the record? Three and six in the second half, nine games. He had 14 RBIs, and I believe three three home runs. Yeah, I believe it was three or four home runs. And he's just proven time and time again that he is the real deal. And watch out for him, okay? Watch out for the progression of Will Craig because he was – he was the best player on this team. It may have been the worst team in the AFL, but this is a team that had a guy, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and undoubtedly Will Craig had a better season than Vlad Jr. Our pitcher of the week goes to Connor Jones of the St. Louis Cardinals organization. A, uh, he pitched three and a third innings, two games, two hits, one run, no earned, two walks, five strikeouts, a zero ERA, and a 1.20 whip. Uh, Connor Jones is not a... Uh, a high-level prospect. He is a bullpen arm on the St. Louis Cardinals organization. Uh, I do not know much about him. I was hoping to get some information from my Cardinals minor league expert, but could not procure that for tonight's episode. Regardless, though, uh, looks like they have a pretty good relief pitcher coming up uh, in the organization. It would not be the worst thing in the world if Connor Jones does not pan out uh, as, you know, we, we, we don't like having the Cardinals uh, – consistent farm system continuing to churn out talent. But again, I'm not, I would not be surprised if Connor Jones turns into an effective relief pitcher uh, in 2019 or 20 for the St. Louis Cardinals. All right, Pirates pitch of the week is to Jeff Hartley. Two and a third innings pitched in two games. Three hits, three runs, three earned. Three walks, two strikeouts, an 11.57 ERA, and a 3.37 whip. I'm just going to be blunt with you guys. Uh, Pirates pitchers, were terrible this past week. Um, really, they've been terrible this whole fall league. The, the only really bright spot in the pitching department for the team has been Blake Wyman, but he had a bad week too. So I just gave it to the lowest of the three in Wyman, Eckelman, and Hartley. And Hartley had the lowest with 11.57. It wasn't really that bad of a week. He allowed three hits in two and a third innings, which isn't terrible. But then you factor in those three walks, and it's like you've given up six hits. So not a very good week. Uh, really, from anybody, but if I had to give it to one guy, I'd say Jeff Hartley, uh, just on the basis of the lowest ERA. Um, 
I'm still very excited about Blake Wyman and his future with the Pirates. Uh, Hartley Manuckleman, not not too high on those two guys. Our right, glove of the week goes to Charles LeBlanc from the Texas Rangers organization. 13 total chances, 11 assists, two putouts, two double plays, no errors, 100% field percentage. And if that name, uh, Charles LeBlanc, sounds familiar to you, he actually did attend the University of Pittsburgh. So uh, diehard uh, Pittsburgh baseball fans may know the name Charles LeBlanc. Um, third baseman, not not a top prospect, I believe, but he does have a solid glove. I don't know. Sorry I didn't have this right away, but I don't know how he batted for the season. Let's, uh, let's do a little check on that. Uh, 250 average, two RBI. So it wasn't really anything special for LeBlanc, but he does have a good glove, and that's what Rangers fans can hope for, you know, that LeBlanc could take over for third uh, for Beltre, you know, if he doesn't come back. And the LeBlanc, I believe, could be, you know, that not a superstar third baseman, but a, uh, a productive one. All right, um, the Pirates' cold glove of the week goes to Cole Tucker. Nine total chances, six assists, three putouts, 100%. I mean, Cole Tucker received so much praise from the Sarah's in the Fall League, and he really had such a good season overall. He led the team in batting average, I believe. Um, if I can pull this up real quick. Yeah, he led the team in batting average at 370. So it, it was fantastic. 11 RBIs, um, and five doubles, no homers. But, you know, I like Cole Tucker a lot more than I like Kevin Newman. I believe Cole Tucker could be ready by June. We've talked the, about this extensively on the show, the shortstop position. Where do the Pirates go? And it, it would not be out of the question for, you know, a mixture of Newman, Eric Gonzalez now, um, Pablo Reyes maybe, to to play shortstop uh, and wait for Cole Tucker to be ready by June. Uh, let's head to the mailbag for the week. First question is from Austin, uh, let's see what it is, Austin Betchold. Austin Betchold says, um, sorry, he says, Sonny Gray. Uh, so really the question is, should the Pirates go after Sonny Gray? That, that's Austin's question. And, you know, uh, the, the rumors, I really, to be honest with you, I don't know if they're substantiated uh, according to some sources they are, according to others or not. MLB trade rumors hasn't reported on them. But Sonny Gray is interesting. You know, he would be a race Searage, um, what's the word, race Searage reclamation project. But here's the thing, um, here's the thing, Austin. Uh, our rotation, I believe, is already set. And you have to ask yourself, is Sonny Gray, is he equal to or above of Nova? And if he is, how much better? And what are you willing to give up for that? Because it's looking like the Sunny Gray situation is headed to a bidding war. I say no on Sunny Gray. If we can get him for cheap, then I would like it as a depth move. But he would be a fifth type starter to me. Our next question from the mailbag. Let, let's see what we got here. Sorry for not having this all prepared. All right, mailbag question number two from San Diego. Everything San Diego. What free agents do you think the Pirates should go for? All right, well, I've been pretty clear on my Pirates' off-season strategy for the team. What I want us to do to have a successful off-season, free agent-wise, right field, get ourselves John Jay. I talked about that extensively last week on the podcast. And I believe at shortstop, you go out and you re-sign Jordy Mercer. If that doesn't work, get Jose Iglesias or trade for a a veteran shortstop to ease along Kevin Newman in his new role. That is who I think we should go after. 
uh, I don't think we really need to make any more big splashes besides that. And our final uh, mailbag question I'm taking this evening is I heard rumors about selecting Keller, Cole, Martin, Baker, and Waddell thoughts. Well, Caden, a uh, great question from Caden McCrory. The whole, our main segment is going to be about it this evening. So let's get into that. Let's talk a little about some Rule 5 draft decisions and, you know, what's going to be coming up uh, in, the you know, the Rule 5 draft and the deadline for the roster having to be set, you know, protecting those players. And there are some interesting decisions that Neil Huntington is going to have to make. And with a deadline looming on Tuesday, roster decisions are on the horizon for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Tuesday is the deadline for Major League Baseball teams to add players to their 40-man roster in order to protect them from the yearly Rule 5 draft. The Rule 5 draft is part of MLB's winter meetings every year, always taking place on the final day of the meetings. This year's winter meetings are set to take place in Las Vegas, December 10th to the 13th this year. Therefore, therefore this year's Rule 5 draft will take place on December 13th. As Tuesday's deadline looms, the Pittsburgh Pirates will have decisions to make. Currently, their 40-man roster has just 37 players on it. This means the team can add three players without having to clear a roster spot. There are a few no-brainer decisions for the Pirates. Top pitching prospect Mitch Keller is a lock to be added to the roster. At the start at the AAA level last year, Keller finished the year strong. In his final five starts of the season, Keller posted a 2.20 ERA and struck out 27 batters in 28 and two-thirds innings pitch. He will enter the 2019 season on the doorstep of the MLB level. Another lock is shortstop Cole Tucker. Tucker posted just a 315 WOBA and a WRC plus of 93 at the AA level last season. But like Keller, the former first-round draft pick finished his season strong. Also, he appears to have turned a corner as a hitter in the AFL. Another lock, in my opinion, is JT Brubaker. The 2018 Pittsburgh Pirates minor league pitcher of the year posted a 3.10 ERA and a 3.59 FIP in 22 starts at the AAA level after pitching to the tune of a 1.80 ERA and a 2.64 FIP in six starts in AA. It was somewhat surprising that Brubaker did not see the MLB level at all in 2018, and he appears to be a big part of the team's pitching depth for 2019. If Brubaker were to be left unprotected, odds are he would get selected in next month's Rule 5 draft. Another possibility to be added to the 40-man roster is outfielder Jason Martin. After being acquired in the Garrett Cole trade last offseason, Martin Suggs 522 with a 403 WBA and a 152 WRC plus for AA Altoona. However, after advancing to the AAA level, Martin struggled mightily. He slashed for just a 211 average, a 270 OBP, and a 319 slugging with a 268 WBA and a WRC plus of 65 and 234 plate appearances. His struggles at AAA may allow him to slip through the Rule 5 draft tracks and remain with the organization. He also went undrafted in last year's Rule 5 draft after the Astros left him unprotected. Left-handed pitcher Brandon Waddell is a possibility as well. The former College World Series champion posted a 4.19 ERA and a 3.64 FIP in 81 and two-thirds innings, pitched 15 starts, and his first taste of the AAA level in 2018. With starting pitching depth always being at the premium, 
my guess is Waddell will be protected. So if the Pirates protect more than four players, what do they do with the 40-man roster? Well, there are some obvious candidates to be removed from the roster. Pitchers Tanner Anderson, Jesus Lorenzo, and Alex McCray are all DFA candidates. Catcher Jacob Stallings and pitcher Nick Kingham could be players to watch as well due to being out of minor league options. So that's really the long-winded answer on that uh, mailbag question. I, I want to take a look at, um, you know, the new potential shortstop for the Pittsburgh Pirates for 2019. Let's take a look at who he was as a prospect. Just a few days ago, the Pittsburgh Pirates completed a five-player trade to bring in a new infielder and a couple of prospects. The team sent out infielder Max Moroff and outfielder Jordan Luplo to the Cleveland Indians. In return, the Pittsburgh Pirates got infielder Eric Gonzalez and two pitching prospects in Tanaj Thomas and Dante Mendoza. Gonzalez, of course, was the centerpiece of the trade as the Pittsburgh Pirates needed to bring a new infielder in after losing Jordy Mercer and Josh Harrison. Gonzalez has been in the big leagues for parts of three seasons so far, originally getting a call-up in 2016. He was a prospect in the Indians system since 2008 when he signed with the Cleveland Indians. Meanwhile, Thomas from the Bahamas ranked inside the top 30 on MLB Pipeline's top 30 prospects list for the Indians. The last piece, Mendoza, did not rank on any major sites list but was just drafted in 2017. So the Pittsburgh Pirates gave up two fringe major league players for two intriguing prospects and an MLB infielder. Overall, I graded the trade as excellent. Neil Huntington did an excellent job in getting us Eric Gonzalez. So let's take a look at what the infielder is going to look like now for 2019. The ideal infield with internal options. Catching behind the plate will clearly be Francisco Cervelli, he's earned that right. Behind him will be Elias Diaz. That's pretty much set in stone, with Stallings being a potential third catcher. First base is clearly going to be Josh, undoubted first baseman. Second base uh, is really up in the air right now, but ultimately, if I were making the lineup, I'd pencil in Frazier right now at second base. Shortstop, I'd put in Newman as of right now. And at third, I'd go with Moran, okay? So that, that's the infield right now. It's going to go Moran, Newman, Frazier, Bell. But here's what this Gonzalez trade does, okay? So this Gonzalez trade obviously allows potentials. It allows for um, him to maybe step in at shortstop as Newman struggles. But here's a potential scenario that I find most interesting, right? So we have Dickerson in left field. He's going to be a lock, healthy, right? And we have Martin center pretty clear. The question mark for the start of 2019 is right field. And that's a question mark that is going to kind of be tough now to solve internally with the loss of Jordan Luplo. But here's what I was thinking. Here's what I was thinking. You swing Frazier out to right field until Polanco comes back. And you pencil in Gonzalez at second base. So then the outfield becomes Dickerson, Martin, Frazier, and the infield becomes Moran, Newman, Gonzalez, Bell. Then when, uh, when Paul comes back, you can then swing um, Frazier back to second base, and Gonzalez can become your utility man. And, worst case, and if Newman struggles, then you just pencil in Gonzalez at shortstop. Right? 
it, it allows for more fluidity for the buyers. Best case scenario in this whole trade, you get Dickerson Marte, and really right field, I believe now is probably the front runner. I'd have to say internally is Pablo Reyes with his excellent September. Behind Pablo Reyes, I'd probably put Jose Osuna at this point. Uh, so he can play first base, third base in the corner, but probably more of a right fielder at PNC Park. Uh, so I'd put Reyes one, Osuna two. Uh, at number three, it really depends, right? Because we really don't have any other outfielders on that 40-man roster. But here's what could happen. Here's what could happen. right? If we decide to protect Jason Martin, you'd have to put him as the number three guy. I'd say Jason Martin would be that number three, but he's he's kind of iffy because if we it's a, we don't sorry if we don't protect him in the put him on the forty man roster and we lose him in the Rule Five draft, then we lose him. Okay, so Martin could be the three. I'd probably say the four right now would be Brian Reynolds, and he is definitely a bit of a stretch to be on the opening eight roster. Okay, so. He, here is what I believe, you know, the opening day roster, the opening day starting lineup is going to be, right? So you have Dickerson in left, Martin in center. It's going to be tough, but I'd have to say you go with Pablo Reyes as the opening day right fielder. Uh, I'd have to say that. You have Moran third, Newman short, Frazier second, Bell first, Cervelli catching, you know, third jam out there on the mound. I think that is the ideal situation. And obviously this could all change, you know. Um, and that, that's why, like, just the addition of Gonzalez. And, yes, we did lose Lupo. Yes, we did lose Morph. But those are two fringe guys, right? They're, they're really at their peaks of what they can be as baseball players. And I really believe that we hands down won this trade because not only did we get Eric Gonzalez, but we also got – Tanaj Thomas and Dante Mendoza. I'm really excited about Tanaj Thomas, right? He's 19 years old and he is number 29, was number 29 on the Indians' um, pitching prospect list. And really, as I said, we won this trade because we gave up two fringe major league players for who? For Eric Gonzalez and two intriguing pitching prospects. We won the trade. Okay, people may say, "Ugh, what's going on? But if you look at this from a systematic standpoint, it just allows for fluidity. And really, I believe any troubles are going to be in 2019 are going to be between right field and shortstop. Maybe second base, maybe problem, maybe third base. But I really like the trade. I really think Neil Huntington, you know, he added flexibility for Clint Hurdle. He did. You know, Eric Gonzalez, I believe, can be, you know, he's, he's a more proven Pablo Reyes. Let me put it at that. He's a more proven Pablo Reyes. And Pablo Reyes has been fantastic. Pablo Reyes reminds me of what Josh Harrison was before he was Josh Harrison. But Eric Gonzalez is more proven. He's had more than a month in the majors to prove himself. And it, it made me happy to see that trade. You know, when I got the update, I was like, hmm. Interesting, and then and then I started to dissect it a little bit more, and it turned out to be that I really liked the trade. I think it was a great move for the team, and we did it. We did it. Um, 
and it'll be interesting to see the moves the Pirates make going forward into the offseason. I do want to talk a little bit about um, a little bit more about Eric Gonzalez, actually, because you know he's the big topic of the show um, this week as he was the move the Pirates made. And he's the newest member of the Pittsburgh Pirates, and he's currently one of the hottest hitters in the Dominican Winter League. On Wednesday, the Pittsburgh Pirates acquired utility infielder Eric Gonzalez from the Cleveland Indians in a five-player trade. Currently, Gonzalez is playing for the Liga de Baseball at the Dominican Winter League. Thirteen games into the Winter League season, Gonzalez has been one of the best hitters in the league. The past three seasons, Gonzalez has accumulated 275 plate appearances at the MLB level. He slashed just for a 263 average, a 292 OBP, and a 389 slugging with a 293 WOBA, 78 WRC plus, and a strikeout rate of 28.7% at the MLB level. However, there is reason to think Gonzalez is improving as a hitter. First and foremost, Gonzalez's quality of contact was drastically improved in 2018. His 39.2% hard contact rate was more than 7 percentage points higher than 2017 and above league average. His 89.9 miles per hour exit velocity last season was above league average as well. So while the results were not always there for Gonzalez in 2018, the quality of contact was. A second indicator that Gonzalez could be improving at the plate is the aforementioned Dominican Winter League results. Entering play on Friday, Gonzalez was hitting a 314 average, 333 MVP, 373 slugging in Winter League play. In fact, Gonzalez's batting average ranks second in the league. His three doubles are tied for fourth most, and his 16 hits are fifth most. Maybe that what's most encouraging is that his strikeout rate is just 11.8%. Not only is that a vast improvement over his career strikeout rate at the MLB level, but it is also well below MLB league average. This winter, Gonzalez is experiencing what happens when you combine his improved contact quality from 2018 with more consistent contact and fewer strikeouts. As one would expect, the results are positive. Hopefully, this becomes sustainable for Gonzalez. Gonzalez turning a corner as a hitter this winter would be a big plus for the Pittsburgh Pirates in 2019 and beyond. Due to his ability to be a plus defender at multiple positions, Gonzalez would make a great super utility player. If he can add more offense to his repertoire as well, then acquiring him for Max Moroff and Jordan Lupo will go down as a strong trade by Neil Huntington. And this is what I'm saying. This trade has so much upside and so little downside, right? You know, worst-case scenario, Eric Gonzalez bumps out, and you have still two 19-year-old pitching prospects in Tanaj Thomas and Dante Mendoza, who we acquired for, again, two really busts in Jordan Luplo and Max Moroff. Just to be blunt, best-case scenario, Eric Gonzalez's turner is... Uh, Corner is turned, and you, here, here's what I think. If Eric Gonzalez can play the way he's been playing in winter ball, 313 average, 314 average, with the, as I said, improve the quality of contact, the strikeout rate's gone down, good things will happen. He's a plus defender. Who does that sound like? That sounds a lot like Josh Harrison, and we just acquired him for Jordan Luplo and Max Moroff. Think about that, Pirates fans. And 
again, I, I'm high on Snodge Thomas. A little bit not so bad, Dante Mendoza, but I love Eric Gonzalez. And here's what I think could happen. I'm, I'm going to give everybody a hypothetical scenario, a best-case scenario for what's going to happen in 2019. Right? So you have Eric Gonzalez, and the question is if he – is what he's been doing in the Dominican League, right? If Gonzalez continues this excellent play through the Winter League and into spring training, he's going to play such a valuable role. Could he potentially be the opening day right fielder? Has he earned that over Pablo Reyes if that situation arises? It all goes really back to Kevin Newman because I want to be honest with you. I'm not very confident in Kevin Newman, but I do believe he could be something, but he just hasn't showed me much. He hasn't instilled that confidence in me that I can be like, yes, Kevin Newman, pencil him in, 2019 shortstop, let's go, right? He hasn't done that. And bringing in Eric Gonzalez, who can play shortstop and who is tearing it up in the Winter League right now, makes me comfortable. And Cole Tucker, who tears it up in the Arizona Fall League, makes me comfortable. We're going to piece everything together, and it's, it's going to work out. Okay, shortstop may be a weak spot for the Pirates in 2019, but with all the options that we have between Kevin Newman, Eric Gonzalez, you know, Pablo Reyes can play a little bit of shortstop, Cole Tucker coming up, O'Neal Cruz behind him. Something is going to work at the shortstop position. I'm confident in it, and I really don't see a way where something where it just doesn't work out at all in the shortstop department. And Neil Huntington, really, he, he's been – he's too heavily scrutinized. He really is because you just look at some of the trades he's made in the past. And the biggest successful trade, I'd say, for, uh, for Mr. Huntington would have to be the uh, Mark Melanson trade. Turning Mark Melanson to Felipe Vasquez and uh, Keone Keller plus, yeah, he turned that – sorry, yeah. We got Taylor Hunt. Yeah, so Keone Kella and Felipe Vasquez from Mark Melanson. Look how well that trade worked out. Tony Watson trade getting us O'Neill Cruz and another pitching prospect who is lighting it up right now, especially O'Neill Cruz. For Tony Watson, who's not even on the Dodgers anymore. The uh, Andrew McCutcheon trade getting us a Dynamo eighth inning guy and a up-and-coming outfield prospect who just had a great second half in the Arizona Fall League. The Garrett Cole trade, getting us a reliable third-to-upper-ranked starting pitcher, getting us an everyday third baseman with some pop, getting us a potential back-end guy in Michael Feliz, and getting us a potentially five-tool Jason Martin. And Garrett Cole is going to be gone in a year. You see what I mean? Neil Huntington looks to the future and he says, screw the PR. I'm going to get this, I'm going to make this a competitive team. And I can trust that. I can. 100% can trust what Neil Huntington is doing. Because, hey, he, he was like, around this time actually in 2017, uh, when the rumors started circling about Kutch and Cole, I was like, okay, we had Kutch. We had Cole. We sucked. What do we do now? We traded them in a little bit of a retool. And that's what 2018 was. It was a retooling year, but it set us up 
oh so nicely for 2019. 2019, the Pittsburgh Pirates are going to shock a lot of people. They are. You know, 2018, to me, is very, I'd say very similar to 2012. It, we, we were right there, you know, ready to compete, but we didn't. We, we couldn't make it over the hump. Maybe like in 2011, 2012 type year. You know, I really hope 2018 was more like 12 and 19 can be more like 13 rather than, you know, last year being 11 and then this being 12. But 2019, Pittsburgh Pirates are going to shock a lot of people. It's going to be very exciting. And, you know, Eric Gonzalez, the move we made, and it's going to be interesting to see the Rule 5 draft decisions that go down. Um, the no-brainers to me are obviously Keller and Tucker, and then I'd say you have to protect Brubaker. Those are the three that would fill up the 40-man, but you could obviously DFA guys like Anderson, McCray, Lorenzo. Uh, even Stallings and Kings, they don't have options left. Uh, it's been a great time this evening on Bucket Booth with you. Prime time edition, right? Our first night episode ever. I've had a lot of fun this evening talking Pirates baseball, and I can't wait to do it again with you next week. So be sure to tune in again. I'm sure it'll be a, around a new episode. I mean, we never do it this late, but I had activities to attend to today. Um, and I actually think, I actually think next week we'll be getting Jared on for our for his first episode here on Bucket Booth because. Oh, this is supposed to be a co-hosted show? That's what I've been a Benson Factor show. Again, I'm Benson Factor. Thank you all for tuning in. We will see you next Saturday, hopefully with Jared, and uh, it'll be interesting to see the 40-man roster decisions that are made this week. My three guys, Keller, Tucker, Brubaker. We'll see you all as gets protected. Who else gets DFA'd? Let's go, Bucks. Have a great week, everybody. <laughs>